1: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. shop blinds.com right now and save up to 45% up to 45% off for a limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply
2: how about a perspective from a player that played against these bills a couple times and go back to 1994 for example i hate to Why start it I, I, I hate to start it right there but we got our guy Danon hughes Former Chiefs wide receiver, of course, part of the Chiefs radio network. You'll hear him on Sunday night. You'll also hear him for a little players only this evening. Dayton, what's going on, man?
3: Hey, what's up, fellas? Thanks for uh, starting the show off on a positive note. Yeah, I appreciate
0: that. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, I mean, think we, we, your defense should have had a better plan for Thurman Thomas. I'm yeah. just going to say it, Danon. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, the way, I mean, the way he beat us up that game, yeah, we still owe him as well. So, yeah, yeah that, was, that was a rough, rough day in Chiefs history, rough day in my uh, personal history. I mean, the fact that that was my rookie season, and based on the, the you know, when you get adopted into a culture, like I did with uh, the Chiefs and Marty Schottenheimer and Carl Peterson and Lamar Hunt, you just assume that, okay, well, this is my rookie year. This is how we got here. We're going to be back. And lo and behold, we never got back to it, never won another playoff game after or prior to that throughout the rest of my career. So that was it was tough sledding, but you know, I feel like there's some retribution that we can have this weekend going back up there. I was looking at some YouTube clips and actually watched that game, the ninety four AFC championship game on YouTube. Uh It was funny because I was pointing out to Josh Klingler and the rest of the radio crew that in that game, the first punt of the game was to me and it was significantly shorter than even the average or near the average of the punter that day. And I short hopped it and scooped it up and ran for a few yards, uh, basically like a baseball slide and scooped it up. And I was showing my kids the other day too. And I was like, see, this, This is how close it could have been for you guys to, for us to have a whole different life, <laughs> and I misplayed that ball. We might not have had the same life, and I definitely wouldn't be on the radio because that career would have been pretty darn short. So yeah, yeah, tough, tough game.
2: Yeah, no, no question. Now, look, I know this was all the way back in in 1994, but the way you're even talking, why like,
3: you say, why did you say all the way well, back like yeah, that, like I'm yeah. old?
2: Well, say- I mean, I I could have look, David. I I could have said I was three years old when that game was taking place, so I don't really remember the game uh, whatsoever. I, I didn't know which. <laughs> <laughs> way you wanted me. I didn't know which way you wanted me to go with it, but I feel I I hearing you talk though. I get the sense that even though you're going to be in the booth on Sunday and not on the field playing in a game like y- you feel like there's still a chance for like a little bit of you said retribution here if the Chiefs can go and, and and beat up on the Bills in their place.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean the emotions run high anyway. You have to recognize the matchup as it is. I mean, this is kind of like the the Joe Montana Jim Kelly, Joe Montana, uh, John Elway, uh, the Tom brady Peyton Manning matchup. Everybody's tried to supplant Josh Allen with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, uh, maybe a little Lamar Jackson, even though we hadn't played them very much. But, like, in reality, when you have literally ended the season twice of the opponent, and it's always been a GEHA field at Arrowhead Stadium, uh, we've played them during the regular season. The matchups have gone both ways. Like, how could you negate how huge this matchup is? And uh, even though there's been some critics as far as, well, Patrick hasn't won a game on the road. Well, he hasn't played on the road. That's obviously we know that. But how big would it be for his legacy, for his resume, to be able to say, you know what, checking another box. Like, here's just it's just par for the course for us to be able to, to get to the AFC championship. And who knows, based on how things unfold on Saturday, maybe host a sixth straight AFC championship, but the task is gonna to be tough. And I remember coming out of that tunnel uh, up there in Western New York and feeling like this is a different atmosphere. And there's not that very many stadiums that I, I believe from a rabid standpoint and noise and game-impacting standpoint, uh, that there is around the league, maybe Seattle, uh, but Buffalo is a pretty close second to Arrowhead Stadium, so it's going to be different than what we've experienced.
0: When I look at this of built team, it's not way different than the ones they've faced in the past, except for a few of these guys has gotten a little bit older. I mean, I think the Chiefs' top-end talent is just better, Dana, and I feel like that might be the reason why I'm feeling like the Chiefs have a good shot in this game is – When I go back through, I feel like the Chiefs have gotten deeper and they've gotten more great play out of more players over the last year, especially on defense, and I don't see that same thing for the Bills. They seem like the same team Uh, they were before they started winning six games in a row.
3: Yeah, you know what? It's interesting because I do believe that we have much more confidence right now than maybe we had back then. There were more question marks uh, with this team. We had the injury to Drew Tranquil, had the injury to Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, Nick Bolton was You know, just kind of still uh, recovering, I believe, from the wrist injury, if I remember correctly. Um, So there were some question marks as far as what team we were fielding. But here's the thing that you have to understand. In this matchup, Buffalo, they're going to come out like they're going to have half the game or a quarter of the game played emotionally before kickoff. Like, because of what the dynamic that they've had to experience. Everybody, nobody forgets Stephon Diggs standing at the corner of the end zone watching the celebration when we went to that Super Bowl, uh, and and he had to watch that. And the dejection that he had uh, in his body, the sadness that they they experienced on the sideline and in the locker room and the long flight home, and then to have to come back and experience that again getting ousted in the playoffs with 13 seconds left when they were single-fingering saluting our fans and talking trash and all that stuff. And then to have that dejection happen, like there's a lot of emotion that goes into it. And and we talked about last week with the Colts game in 96 because we were talking about the weather and the factor. But uh, to tell you the truth, the most emotional game that I ever played was the next season, the 96th regular season when we played the Colts again. And I felt like after the first kickoff, like I was drained because leading up to the game because of the emotional low that happened in the playoffs, uh, the regular season game, like I felt like my emotions, I couldn't control them. Like I was so angry, so upset. And I feel like when you talk about the veterans there, that's what they feel. They don't have the rookies there that don't know any better. That hadn't experienced any any loss like that. They they for the, for the new guys on that team, they beat the Chiefs in a regular season. Uh, but the veterans, you got to be careful that they can spend their entire energy and and, and you know start to, to reel back in the second quarter and the third quarter because all of the emotion that it's going to take to take the field.
2: Dane and Hughes joining us here on Cody and Gold. Of course, he'll be on the call Sunday night on the Chiefs Radio Network over on 106.5 The Wolf, along with Mitch Holt, this Dan Israel and Josh Klingler. Are you confident in both these tackles for the Chiefs going into this game? It looks like it, it's likely to be Donovan Smith again, although Wanya Morris was working himself back into practice, which is obviously nice to see. But you know, the Dolphins, I didn't feel like had the the personnel to to really do much uh, against the tackles, even if even if they wanted to per se. Um, the Bills have a guy in the middle there uh, that is capable, and Ed Oliver and, and Rousseau also. Are you feeling all right about these tackles? I'm a little concerned heading into this game.
3: Uh, I don't feel any more concerned than I have for most of the season. I think when you when you face top-tier rushers, uh, defenders like they have, then there's always going to be justified concern. And it's not an indictment on Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith. I think just around the league, there's so much athleticism from those defensive ends and outside linebackers, and even some of the deep tackles, like you said with Ed Oliver, that you should be concerned because one deflected pass. Heck, that that was the difference maker in the first game when Epinesa deflected the pass and intercepted it. I believe we were in the red zone or at least marching to the red zone. And uh, that changed a little bit of the momentum that we had in that game, and we wind up losing by one possession. So when you have those kind of guys, Von Miller back, he looked like when the game kind of got into a predictable phase last week against the Steelers, you know, they were pinning their ears back. Rousseau, to me, is the most dangerous guy. And I know he doesn't have the the, the huge numbers as a lot of pass rushing ends as the Max Crosby's and others, but he's an impactful guy. He's long. He gets up and he gets his arms up in those throwing lanes and then anything can happen. So uh, I don't feel like we're at a deficit with our tackles or anything in our offensive line. I feel like for the most part I'd match our offensive line up against any other offensive line in the NFL. Uh, As far as consistency, especially when you add in the mobility of Patrick, uh, we just got to be prepared. I I do know this. There's going to be a game plan in how they rush Patrick. They're not going to allow him or try – they will try not to allow him to to scamper with his legs to get those extra yards like he seems to have a knack to do, especially in the postseason. Uh, They're going to line up wide on the outside. Trust me when I tell you, you're going to hear – the wide nine technique. That's what you're going to hear a lot of during the broadcast wide, nine technique, rushing wide and challenging the tackles to get depth and get out against the speed of those guys on the outside. And then force Patrick to step up in the pocket more so to throw the ball. When we know that he likes to throw on the run, whether he's running left or right. So they got a game plan. They're going to try to execute it, but it's going to, it's going to be a tough, tough load. Uh, It's going to be a hostile environment. The noise factor, guys, is going to be huge. I don't think we've played in an environment that's going to be as loud as what we're going to face up in Buffalo, and hopefully those tackles and the communication is top shelf.
0: Dane, and other than quarterback, Travis Kelsey's been the most important player for this offense for almost a decade now. How close is Rasheed Rice to matching his level of importance for this year's offense?
3: Oh, I think he's extremely close, and – Part of the reason is because we haven't had the complement to that. Uh, You think about last year with Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS coming through in the clutch during the playoffs when Juju was down, and there always seemed to be the one other guy, the times where Guy Moore was able to make some plays and McCall Hardman was able to make some plays, Justin Watson as well. We haven't really had that uh, on a consistent level this year. So when you're talking about the threats, we're dialing back from last year when Patrick would average uh, completing to 10 different receivers in a game to now we know that the ball is going to either go towards Rashid, towards Travis, or maybe to someone else. And that's different than what we've experienced in the past. So I feel like you know the emergence, we've been asking about a number one receiver. We've been asking uh, who's going to step up. I don't know if everybody expected a rookie. To step up the way he has, but he has definitely, undeniably been the number one receiver pretty much since the bye week and since he left Germany. Uh, and he's playing to that clip. He hasn't it hasn't looked like the, uh, the 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 stage has been too big for him. It hasn't looked like he's played like a rookie. He's playing like a veteran, and I expect them to continue to lean on him and such.
2: I know it looks way easier to all of us at home, but also, you know, these guys are wide receivers are in the NFL when it comes to tracking the football, that was a big story for McCall Hartman, I guess throughout his career, but certainly was even last week where they've been able to get some guys open on these deep shots. It's either drops from MVS or for McCall just struggles to track the ball. You played in the league. So tell me like what's going on there with McCall Hartman, where it seems like they were so close.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. I was always taught, and part of it was my baseball background, get dirty. Go for the ball. Put everything into it. Uh, Your natural body lean. Now, McCall Hardman is obviously significantly faster than I was when I was a player. But if you think about a a runner, uh, a sprinter, their bodies have a natural lean forward. right? So, like, even for me, when I played baseball, I would always head first slide. Now, some people say, you know what, well, you shouldn't hit first slide, you can get injured, whatever. But I always felt like because your natural body lean is forward, your body going forward and sliding is going to be natural as well. Uh, and so that when you're running routes, if your natural body lean is forward and the ball seems like it's past the outstretched arm, you can dive for it. And we've seen that with Keenan Allen. We've seen that with Devonte Adams. We've seen that with the best receivers in the game where there were times where they have to die for the ball. I haven't seen that from McCall Hardman. And I wonder if it's something that, I don't know if it's something that he's, he's not been taught. I don't know if it's something that he doesn't believe in. There is a school of thought that receivers should run through the ball. I've heard coaches say that, just run full speed through the ball and then have late hands to the ball. Well, I I, I think it's kind of, Six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. In regards to the to the mindset, but I know from a player's perspective, like I want to see my guys get there. I want to see. I want to. I want it to look like you have given a hundred and ten percent on every ball that's thrown your way, whether it's to die for a ball or whether it's to, to not uh, allow an interception or to. We've seen Justin Watson sliding on the sideline. I mean, we basically were able to stay in games and win games because of. His catches on the sideline. And he's he's sliding, he's diving, he's giving that extra effort. So I, I just don't know the school of thought going through the mind of McCall. I just know from my perspective, like 110% is 110%. And usually it requires you getting dirty, possibly getting bloody, uh, possibly getting injured. And I know the players appreciate that.
2: All right, tonight, players only coming up after the drive. What do you got planned?
3: Yeah, we got Kendall Gammon coming in. So another special teams guy, incredible career, was on the broadcast with Mitch and Dan prior to uh, me taking over four years ago. Kendall and I go way back. Not only have I known him for years, but I actually played with Kendall back when I was with the Saints before I retired in 99. So I've known him since 99. A uh, great friend. He's part of the Chiefs Ambassadors as well. We're going to have a good time on air. All
2: right, we'll be listening tonight. Safe travels up to Buffalo, and uh, hopefully we're talking again next weekend set for another AFC title game.
3: All right, fellas, you know it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest
0: 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.